spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Welcome into DC On Screen Episode 414. This is the DCEU News I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about this week, kind of. I mean, on the DCEU news side of things. Not really on the DCTV side of things. But we'll talk about that in the next episode. DCEU news. And this is the first thing up. Um, I guess I should... Well, I guess first things up I should ask you. How was your week, Jason? Oh, just <laughs> fine. Just fine. We do that from time to time. Yeah. It, I have not had uh, particularly eventful weeks. Yeah. I um I finished Young Justice, so we'll probably have an episode about that soon. We should. We we need to hit up that in Smallville here here very soon. Uh huh. Um. But anyway, so first piece of news is kind of sad news. Well, not even kind of sad, just ridiculously sad. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Glansman has passed away at age ninety-two. And most don't know who he is, but Sam was one of the early geniuses of the comic book industry. He was really ahead of his time. Um, never gotten his due. Not really. Uh, but if you go back and you look at his artwork, it was nuanced. It was dynamic. Really decades ahead of his time, if you ask me. Um, he worked for Charlton Comics. Uh, he did several war titles, including The Lonely War of Willie Schultz. And he also did, uh, notably, Hercules and Tarzan, amongst other things. Uh, at DC Comics... He uh, continued to work on war stories, including uh, Haunted Tank and Sergeant Rock. Um, He's also touched Jonah Hex, as well as a ton of stuff over there. He also did the uh, autobiographical USS Stevens stories, which uh, were in DC and Marvel Comics. Um, Now, any comics artist, Drew Ford, set up a GoFundMe page uh, to help Glansman's family pay for his hospice care. But um, he did confirm, he says, It is my sad duty to inform you that on Wednesday, July 12th, at 2.30 a.m., Sam Glansman Glansman passed away. No other information is available at this time. I will be following up with information about the funeral shortly. In lieu of sending cards and flowers, his wife, Sue, asks that you instead contribute to the GoFundMe page we currently have running. Now, that will also be helping pay for a uh, tribute book. Um, Let's see, um... He, I, Drew Ford is actually putting all of his projects on hold because his wife asked him to put together the tribute book. Gotcha. If you would like to uh, contribute in any way, you can go. You can email uh, drewfordcomics at gmail dot com with the subject line in all caps: San Glan- San Sam Glansman tribute last name first name. And um, Oh, it's kind of it's it's just it's pretty sad. He he's a really good artist. He was around back in the early fifties, um, but Ford says Sam wouldn't want us walking around feeling bad about how things are. The tribute book is being put together to celebrate his life and accomplishments. He would want us to think of him and his stories and smile. Stan Lee said Sam Glansman is one of the most neglected stars. It's a shame that a talent like this has been so overlooked when writing about those who made comic books the exciting medium they are. Mm. So yeah. Uh, yeah, and he is, it's kind of a problem 
that a lot of creatives are are having these days it's it's you get into it's such a freelance style that you don't have mm-hmm. you're kind of relying on your yourself to develop a medical and retirement plan and it's mm-hmm. it's hard to do so I, yeah the the i could definitely see the was it kickstarter or gofundme it was a good it was a gofundme and GoFundMe. we'll uh, put up a link to the gofundme page uh in the show notes uh moving on over to wonder woman uh, it is now the second highest grossing DCEU film behind Batman v Superman. Uh, domestically, it is up to 380.6 million. Foreign, 385.3 million. Worldwide, 765.9 million. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's something. Um, THR, the Hollywood Reporter, is uh, reporting that it is holding up better than any superhero movie in the last 15 years. As far as the legs? Yeah. Um,. See, it's uh, about to pass Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which made three hundred eighty-five point eight million in North America. Yeah, one and two um, did uh, spectacularly as far as hanging in there. You know, mm-hmm. still making money in week eight and stuff like that. Now, as per the um, the Hollywood Reporter article verbatim, uh, that also means Wonder Woman will earn roughly three point eight times the one hundred three point three million it collected when it launched over the June second to fourth weekend the best multiple for the genre in uh in decades currently the film's multiple is 3.6 slightly ahead of the first spider-man in 2002 the first guardians of the galaxy in 2014 was also a word of mouth sensation sporting a 3.5 multiple while chris nola's batman sequel the dark knight powered to a 3.4 multiple uh, that's so yeah, impressive company and a 2.5 to 3 is considered a win for the superhero film they claim so i can see that uh, Warner's Jeff Goldstein, president of domestic distribution, says it feels like Wonder Woman will play all the way through August. Right now, these the, the movie is still in about 3,000 locations. Usually, the theater count would be a fraction of that at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That, that's, that That is an impressive resume so far. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, Deadpool responded to Wonder Woman surpassing him in the box office. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the picture of Deadpool wearing a Wonder Woman necklace and making a heart with his hands around it. And mm-hmm. it says the Merc may be filthier, but her BO is stronger. Yeah, yeah. His uh Deadpool's social media is just on point all the way around. Oh, always. Uh so Linda Carter was talking to people, said we were trying to get me in the first Wonder Woman and we couldn't make it work with our timing. She's already talking uh, about being in the sequel. She says it really is up to Patty, and if it works in an organic way, it'll be great fun, and it'll be wonderful to do. Am I open to it? Absolutely. Yeah, it really has I to adore. be organic. I don't want to be pulled out of a of a deep story yeah. here just for a cameo. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, I adore Patty Jenkins. It'll be wonderful to do, but we'll just see how that goes. Yeah. Now, uh, last week we did talk about the Wonder Woman Soviet Union rumors. Uh, the Rap is now reporting that those rumors are true from their sources. So it's another outlet saying that's, that's what's happening. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we got... Uh, I know Josh McKay talked to us about this uh, on, on Facebook. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Wonder Woman 2 was announced um, at Comic-Con. No, not at all. I, that almost seems... It's it's bordering on inevitable. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So, over to Justice League news. There are new International Justice League TV spots. Yes. Um, 
let's just go ahead and talk about the Wonder Woman. Uh, we see we see a shot of Wonder Woman in in that museum. What is that? What what museum is that? Is that the Louvre? Is that what that was? I don't know. I don't remember. I really now. don't know. Uh, Wonder Woman in a hangar bay. Not a whole lot of new stuff on any of these, really. Yeah, I, collectively the new stuff is I don't know what thirteen seconds out of all five. Yeah, characters. maybe. Uh, for Batman, there's Bruce Wayne looking pensive with his beard. Yeah. You know, a quick shot of Gordon standing on the GCPD rooftop with lightning. Yeah. Uh, Batman standing on that skeleton sculpture, but just this time in motion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a close-up on the Flash suit on a mannequin. There are little extensions of a couple of shots that we've already seen, uh, plus Barry acting like he's, like, meditating, doing some kind of zen stuff. Um, really, the only new thing for Aquaman is Batman tossing him a trident. Yeah. Uh, which I that was actually maybe my favorite piece out of out of these well, I don't know twelve seconds I'm I'm still yeah I'm even peering down as I think about it yeah it it was um yeah, it was nice to see a couple of new things but um mm-hmm. I'll say this and I feel really bad about this I don't want to feel this way uh, the cyborg stuff looks awful just the more I see of cyborg in motion the worse his suit the worse his body looks to me I I do hear what you're saying. The only defense I have yet, uh, uh, as of now, is I just didn't see it in high enough quality to to care. I mean, it, when I watched this thing, it was it was um, barely HD quality. I just I can't mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to make a judgment quite yet. It might surprise me, but I I I could definitely get behind you. Yeah, I mean, we see a you know the the same old shot of him walking in his Letterman jacket. Then we see Cyborg in a cloak and hood, yeah. which. His body was covered, so that was the best I've seen him. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Cyborg yeah, that, up that's his really uh, the, the strongest point you could possibly make is the best CGI in the film so far, as far as Cyborg is concerned, is when he's walking around mm-hmm. in a hoodie yeah. without any me- metallic parts. So we've got Cyborg gearing up his weapons, which looks really bad to me, and Cyborg shooting falling debris. Um, honestly, I, I mean, I know what they did. I know they, they've... They've said it over and over again. They've they've had pictures like he was in a mocap suit, so all of that is CGI. Yeah. I just um, I, I don't understand. Is there a part of you that kind of is remembering um, like the Doomsday BBS trailer where um, you saw that power shot of the of the the trio and thought, oh man, I've wanted to see that on screen for a long time, but it looks like hell. Yeah, a little bit. Um. You know, my, mostly I'm thinking, guys, you know, not to, not to pull the obvious card here, but John Favreau couldn't tell the difference between the practical and the CGI effects in Iron Man ten years ago. <laughs> Are you seriously showing me what looks like a gummy bear suit for a Cyborg? This thing looks awful. I'm not sure. It's, um, <laughs> I, again, I'm not watching it in high enough quality on my end to judge it that well, but. Mm-hmm. I will be on opening like when it opens in November. I sure as hell will be there in a theater, ready to judge it at uh, mm-hmm. the quality that is available to me. And um, from me and my computer and YouTube videos, it looks okay. From I mean, I've, you know, but watching it that night, I um yeah, I've already seen enough to be a little worried too. I you know, I've I've seen a lot of DCEU fans on Twitter, you know, complaining about like, oh, well, I mean, people keep saying it looks like a transformer, but it looks awesome. Guys, come on. It doesn't even look like a transformer. Transformers look actually pretty cool. I mean, those th- th- when they're standing still, that's the best part of any of those movies. 
because the Transformer movies suck. But <laughs> <laughs> I wish Cyborg looked as good as that. Right now, he's not cutting it for me. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I just don't understand how they're not. I, I don't get it. But whatever. It's, it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I. The only thing I can say definitively about it. Um. Yeah. One and a half things. Uh. The half is. It's still in post. Not this part isn't. Once they do, like I, we, we actually even covered this, man. When we, when they, they were talking to the people who were doing the effects for these things, uh, and um, they say they hurry up and they get the orders for what has to be in the new trailers, and they hurry up and get those finished. So those are done. Yeah, but finished. Sh- uh, I think we talked about this part too. Finished is is still a variable. If there's enough backlash, they'll they'll come back and do some things. They just I don't will. think there's enough. I mean, if if something looks uh, uh, shitty enough. They, they'll have no choice but to and it's not even the people making the thing it's the executives in charge of giving notes that will do this thing somebody will say mm. somebody in marketing at least will say we've gotten too much flack about this you've got to go back and do it and throw another you know 100 grand at the film just saying like you've got to fix these these shots i'm sorry it's it's getting terrible reviews it's going to take people out they didn't with any of the bvs stuff i know but again one of the trends we're seeing is that uh, bvs for better or worse I, it, it was a it it taught a lot of people involved a lot of lessons. Well, look, a lot of people have been complaining about the cyborg look since uh, they first started dropping trailers. Yeah. Um, so and they've done nothing to change that. So I don't believe they will change anything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you really told me to flip a coin, I'd, I'd say don't bother. I don't think they will either. But I'm and still, what's worse than I'm that? Still is, he doesn't look hope. like he doesn't even look like he's there. Ray Fisher doesn't. He looks like he's a floating face on a on a CGI body. <laughs> it, I mean, again, this is... it hasn't looked that bad to me yet, but it it could. It very well could. Eh, I, I'm not I'll... willing to like disagree with you. I just final thought. Final thought on it. It looks worse than the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern. Ooh, I do remember that trailer, and yeah, you're probably right on on at least this stage of it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Entertainment Weekly uh, posted a new uh, picture of uh, the Justice League, Batman, Flash, and Wonder Woman standing together looking off to their right. <laughs> That's about all there is to that. But Ezra Miller said, uh, uh, for his character, he says he's this really endearing, altruistic nerd. He's the 13-year-old Metallica fan, and Metallica says, we lost our drummer in a freak accident. We need you to play drums, bro. And he says, I don't even have drumsticks. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> it, it, it's gotta it, it's gotta be um i i like i've had this fantasy at a at a concert before i mm-hmm. like pre-gaming like driving to it thinking oh man i could play so many of these songs or even i've had bands that i went to where where i thought i could play literally every single every single song if if something happened and uh you, you have this just ridiculous fantasy that like oh, what if i just had to play a song suddenly maybe i'm the guy they mm-hmm. pull out of the crowd hey can you want can anyone play this? I, I I feel comfortable in my embarrassment knowing that I'm not going to be the only person who's ever thought that going to a concert. Like, oh, wouldn't it be fucking amazing if they pulled me up and said, hey, can you play this? Well, I've had that fantasy, but even in my fantasy, I know that I could pretend to play harmonica into a six-inch sub, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it uh, I mean, uh still still pretty embarrassing but um it is what it is in in high school it was i i think i saw stuntable pilots three times in high school 
Yeah. And um, every time I thought I can play every single thing, just let me let me off, let me go, let's do this. But yeah, I can't be the only one who thought that. So uh, yeah, Ezra Miller's take on it is, as so many things he has uh, said are endearing. Mm-hmm. So the internet was uh, freaking out today. Uh, Zack Snyder <laughs> changed his profile picture and his uh, cover photo on his Twitter account, um, and. Uh, that coincided with um, his latest and his latest tweet, uh, the first since he left the project. Um, the world has lost a master. Thank you for the inspiration. You changed my life with your art. You will be missed. Hashtag George Romero. Uh, yeah, George Romero passed away. Uh, he was the father of the modern zombie movie, uh, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, which uh, Zach actually did a remake of Dawn of the Dead. So, um, and and he also worked on DC Comics Toe Tags. So. Uh, it's a little George Romero news. Okay. I, but, I don't know him that well, but I do know I have him to thank ultimately for Shaun of the Dead, and that makes me... Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I have to be cognizant like, of that, at least. I mean, you really... I mean, if you've ever enjoyed Walking Dead, or hell, even, you know, segments of uh, big, great swaths of Buffy. Yeah. yeah. And True Blood, you know, like, he's he kind of defined the horror genre in a lot of ways. Yeah. That, that's what I hear. I, I haven't seen it in, in detail, but I, I, I do know when... Uh, a couple of people have mentioned him and products that I, I do know in detail. So, um, mm-hmm. which is how it works with the greats. Yep. Um, <laughs> it, so you have uh, to, anyway. you have to hope you're mentioned later. That's how, you know, you're really, you're really doing it. Yeah. You see the generation I guess below we should, you go, Oh man, I watch this guy's films and go, I guess we should pop back from George Romero and talk about Zach, uh, removing his justice league logo and cover photo. Sure. Um, He's not working on the film anymore, guys. Mm-hmm. They've already said that. Yeah. I mean, it's Whedon's film at this point. Um, that's not to say that Whedon's not going to stick to, you know, Zack's vision or whatever, but... He said exactly that he is going to stick to that vision, but... Yeah. But they've also said that Joss Whedon is going to carry the film on through post. Mm-hmm. So that means that Zack Snyder is not working on the film anymore, guys. I mean... Yeah, it, it, what are you going to do, blame him? He's, he's got way bigger problems. Yeah, so, I don't know, calm the hell down. Uh, yeah. Instead, getting, you know what? No, don't calm down. Just get excited about this next thing. Oh, good. That's good, too. Because um. <laughs> him, him, him uh, I almost want to know where he is with his, his life right now, in, in certain ways. I mean, he's... God, he's going through a lot, and he's finally going to like deal with it. And it's been, it's been, what was it been like six weeks maybe since he announced he was going to deal with it? Something like six that. Six to eight. Yeah. I, I'm just guessing. I'd have to go back, but yeah, a couple months maybe that yeah. that he was going back to just deal with his family. Like, whatever you see for for the next, I don't even know how long with what he's going through. Just ah, I don't don't. I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You, you don't so, don't hold it against him. So uh, Chris McKay was talking, well, <laughs> he said on Twitter that, and now this is the, the Nightwing director, you'll remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did the, the Batman, Lego, Lego Batman movie. Sure. Uh, he said on Twitter that he was going to get a Nightwing tat to go with his Catwoman tat. And uh, Amanda at Cassandra Kane asked, do you love Nightwing that much? And he says, the story of Dick Grayson becoming Robin, then becoming Nightwing, played out for us, the audience, in the comics, in real time. It wasn't a flashback. We experienced it. 
So all of Robin slash Nightwing's successes and failures, we were along for the ride. And people that underestimated Robin or dismissed him perhaps had their opinions changed as we watched him, quote, grow up right in front of us. His relationships, his conflicts with Batman et al. felt real to me because he was the window character with which we experienced Gotham City. Uh, Jenny at Clark Joe's responded, I hope the actor you cast loves him as much as you do. And Chris McKay says he has to. It has to be full commitment every day. It's going to be grueling from a martial arts, gymnastics, and stunt perspective. Also emotionally taxing. He's going. It's going to be real. I love that setup. It's a great description, right. too. And uh, he's right. He's uh, the Comics often exist in this um, timeless kind of... Uh, all right, kind of a bubble, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's right. Like, Grayson grew up over a few decades. Yeah. And it's still kind of going in a lot of contexts. Like, yeah. Oh, that's that's a really good take on it. I like where he's heading. Yeah. The uh, the one thing that I didn't care for was the thing that he, he said he was... <laughs> the uh, Nightwing tat that he was going to get was a the um, animated series logo, or from the uh, new animated adventures. And uh, I've never really liked that one, <laughs> so I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about that. Okay, but if, anyway. if it's any comfort, it means that he's probably watched a lot of the animated stuff, and uh, I know. Yeah, I there know. might be a balance to that where you can forgive the graphic design. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, it's been said before, but it's and it's been said again now. Uh, Aubrey Plaza of Parks and Rec, and uh, mo- most recently, um, uh, Legion wants to play Catwoman. I really don't want her to. I just don't see her in that role at all. Mm. I don't care about that as much as I care about everyone looking at that news and wondering what is Legion and watching it. (laughs) Right. Um, Also, David Ayer uh, left Scarface, the Scarface remake. Um, But apparently, from what I can tell, he's still attached to the Gotham City Sirens movie. A lot of people are worried about that. Yeah, that that seems to be... Kind of, it, that that's what I've seen too. It, it, he's yeah, he's still around. Uh, the and you know, by the way, you know, I saw the I just I saw a tweet by him because I follow him on Twitter, and he said you can't do them all, and I was like no, and I did not know I was that emotionally invested in him returning <laughs> until I saw that tweet and went oh no, and and then I looked into it and went oh, now nah, he's worth it. <laughs> so. uh DC, uh, DC, Warner Brothers have released new scheduling updates uh, for their movies. Uh, we've been asked by a few people, Jonathan Lynette and Eli Hernandez, about uh, what what we think that it could be. The uh, because they've released um, a February and a June 2020 release date. Um, now they've also pushed uh, this Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams movie Game Night uh, from Valentine's Day to March 2nd, 2018. Um, like they, they also have scheduled uh, an untitled WB animation film. So I don't know what's going on. Like untitled WB animation film 6118, untitled WB event film 121319, which I guess could theoretically be a DC film, but will probably be... I would assume another, like, Harry Potter or whatever it is, the, um, what's it called? The Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them um, series? I think without the the, but yes. Yeah. Um, I would assume that would be the next, that or that thing right there, but, uh... WB has so many un- ongoing yeah. properties, um, it would just be hard to, hard to guess. 
So this they have an untitled DC film for June fourteenth, two thousand twenty, and one for uh, June sorry February fourteenth, two thousand twenty, and June fifth, two thousand twenty. Um, now these things are constantly in flux. It is 2017. We've seen this thing shift around so many times since even BVS was, uh, announced. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you go to the Wikipedia for the DCEU, the next things they have up, uh, I mean, we, the last one we actually legitimately know the release date on is Aquaman, Mm -hmm. which is like, I think December 21st, 2018. Um, but then, you know, you go to the DC, the Wikipedia page, they have Shazam listed for 2019, Cyborg for 2020, Green Lantern Corps for 2020, which I would assume were still those two for the 2020 slots. I, um, I think those are still your most likely different. Comp- uh, like, that's, that's probably it. Really, that's probably But we you know. Because they're already going to be established don't. and we know there's, we know they want to do Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not established. But we, you know, we also, you know... We have this Justice League Dark film. We don't know when that's coming. The Flash. Yeah. Uh, pro- I would assume Justice League 2. We have The Batman. We have Man of Steel 2. We have Suicide Squad 2. We have Gotham City Sirens. And a Black Adam film, at least. Um, so who knows the, when all these things are coming out. The Black Adam and the Shazam films are the one thing that I kind of wonder about. Because um, there's a part of me that thinks Dwayne Johnson wasn't kidding about this presidency thing. And we'll we'll know inside the next year, like that if he starts campaigning. And there there was a, a small report that he had mm-hmm. actually registered as an independent. And if that's true, yeah, it's really gonna take him out. Like there's there's no way you can like release a film, especially where you're the bad guy. Mm-hmm. You can't release that film and then come out. Uh, if that's all true, that that's gonna that's gonna reset a little bit of the what was gonna happen in the films. Yeah. By the way, I uh, there was more. There were more movies on the next page. Untitled Nightwing film, mm. a Batgirl film, yeah. Wonder Woman two. Uh, there's a lot of movies that they they can play around with yeah. here. I think there's a reason those slots are untitled. It's it's what I would call a liquid slate right now. Mm-hmm. I, like we could only guess at what might be around that time, but still, I I I would feel pretty good about betting on Cyborg and Green Lantern around that time. Mm-hmm. Um. By the way, did you see that they announced, I think, for 2019, Green Lantern Earth 1 in the comics? Yeah. Um, they they wound up taking some stuff from Batman Earth 1 in the book. So, And they, they're they actually actively changing Hal Jordan's storyline. Like, he's an astronaut in this thing. And, like, if I read it correctly, the Green Lantern Corps has been killed. And he finds a ring and starts to rebuild the Corps uh, himself. So there, it looks like it's going to actually be a little different, and that that actually might uh, play into how they uh, do the movie. Oh, at this stage, it's easily good. I mean, they're for Green Lantern. It seems like they're trying to figure out how to include him. But I mean, they, you know, that one treatment aside, they could still go anywhere from that. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're this is a universe where you realize we we covered what is it? Maybe eight months ago, Ben Affleck wrote the script for Batman. And then now we're covering, like, Matt Reeves threw away the script for Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These things change. Yeah, they do. So, uh, Suicide Squad, uh, I'm going to screw up this name. Uh, <laughs> director of photography, Roman Vaziana, Vazian, I can't say it, Vazianov. Feels russian I, I don't know. Yeah, posted a uh, picture of a deleted scene or a couple of deleted scenes. Uh, one with uh, Jared Leto as the Joker in his tuxedo with his like the the soot and debris on half of his face. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he looks pretty sad. Uh, also, some uh, pictures. Uh, it looks like uh, two women. It looks like twins, and they're in. They're all like painted gold, and they have Batman masks on. Apparently, a couple of dancers from Joker's Club. Um, he's apparently put, put up a lot of pictures from his Instagram page. Uh, so there's that to go check out and it's really gotten a few fans, uh, hyped up and trying to get a, uh, Joker cut released. And I just, I don't want that at all. I mean, but, um, I'd watch it. It, just, thing I it need, may have I more to do with, uh, like Blade Runner, whatever year they're focusing on, like 2049 or something. I, I, I don't remember. I'm sorry. They just released a trailer though, where like Jared Leto's, um, creepy as hell so that it, it might just be mm. on the back of that a little bit yeah probably but you know i i don't I th- you know what i thought you were making a completely different blade runner reference i was, thought you were saying like it's just like how blade runner has so many of these like has so many cuts out there <laughs> screw that just give me the one cut yeah I'm i kind I of really just, do like, wish director meant what the word means you know <laughs> you give this guy x amount of money it's it's the uh i i, I wish like so many people do, especially uh, comedians that are, are trying to start a show, like the Louis deal, uh-huh. you know, where like, here's X amount of money. If this goes badly, we just stop giving you that amount of money, but we're going to give you this and, and you make a show and then whatever you don't spend, you keep. Right. I, but, I, oh man, I mean, how much, how much do you wish some movies work that way? Like it's, it's not a matter of uh, this entanglement between the studio and the, the, the creative types. It's just, yeah, man, do what you do. We we got your back, and if it doesn't make money, we'll talk about it later. You know, I think I'm uh, more along the line. I, I mean, I stuck up for Marvel in the uh, Edgar Wright Marvel debacle with Ant-Man, which is crazy because I love Edgar Wright, but you know what? I don't need some all-tour director screwing up the, the vision for the universe. Um, so I kind of I prefer... I think I prefer uh, someone like a Jeff Johns in charge who's, like, pushing, Well, in that case, you, know, you cited a direction. With, like, Feige versus Edgar Wright. Like, he, yeah, he, he did absolutely. want to do some new things, and they might have worked out. We're not sure, but they, they're working with a very specific thing over in Marvel. And yeah. if you're going to compromise that thing, I mean, God, I, I, I love Edgar Wright to death. But it's it's a it's a very specific vision that has, like, this, this grand potential. Mm-hmm. And that shouldn't be sacrificed for, you know, an Ant-Man film. Yeah. And I'll, you know, going forward, like, I think, I feel like Justice League is the final, the final bit of the, uh, the Snyder directed universe. Um, and I feel like after Justice League, it's going to be a Jeff Johns, John Berg situation. So oh, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm way more interested to see what happens post Justice League. Kind of the phase two. It, it, they haven't used the word phase as far as I know. No, and you know what? As as much as I like Zack Snyder, I look forward to the uh, I look forward to some of this being put aside, so we could stop like hounding on Zack Snyder either positively or negatively, and just get on with the DCEU. Yeah, in general, get on with the characters being developed and and the that reality being built. Yeah, absolutely. And I I kind of there's a part of me that thinks that we're gonna look back and think, oh man, and I this is maybe just hopes. But there's a part of me that, what if we just look back at it all and think, oh, man, I'm glad they spent so much time developing kind of the, the chaos of these characters before we mm-hmm. dug in and made it this universe. Because it, it, Maybe. it, it would set them apart from Marvel. Like yeah. Marvel built these characters, but they built them in, 
it's, it was a pretty tried and true form when it came down to it. It's it's kind of the you know the hero's journey or the, the save the cat in certain yeah. places. It's it's very straightforward. They didn't take as many chances as um, DC has by any stretch. No, I mean I just see that pay off at least retroactively. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, so uh, <laughs> Hollywood Reporter is is saying that um, Ame Colette Sarah who. Uh, directed the shallows has now uh has now emerged as the front runner to uh direct suicide squad 2 and um they're also saying that they're looking to a mid 2018 start uh on on production um mel gibson has apparently obviously moved away from the project or you know i don't know what happened with that exactly um i'm not sad about that so (laughs) I'll survive. But they did say that they they have a new treatment by Zach Penn, who wrote the event, who wrote the Avengers and Ready Player One. Uh-huh. So, uh, but the the new script uh, will now be written. So, yeah. The funny part is though, like new treatment means there are three single space pages. Uh huh. Boom, boom, boom. Let's move on along to. Uh, oh yeah, uh, there actually might be a uh, Colette Sarah might not do it because he's uh, doing a TV drama called Waco. So that might be a problem. Moving on over to the Batman. That's funny though. Uh, I watched you talked that about twenty it. years ago. Yeah, uh, the real thing, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it was. I, I think it was called Waco, straight up, and it was like a, a TV drama that they did. It was like a TV miniseries. Oh, yeah, most likely. So uh, you talked about this earlier. Uh, the Batman is starting over, um, which. <sighs> You could you could tell based on what he was saying before he kept saying we haven't started yet, which means that there is no script in my head. Right. But whatever. Um, everyone's freaking out now because uh, Reeves actually told MTV Matt Reeves told MTV uh, that, that it was for real starting over. He says it's a new story is starting again. I'm very excited about it. Um, now Variety though claims that. Uh, they are looking to put the movie out in 2019. I, that so, feels about right. That. I mean, we're only a year and a half away from 2019 at this point. Yeah. Now, this is pretty interesting, though. Uh, Matt Reeves was talking to Uprox, and he says, When I come in, what I say is, look, first of all, you're asking me if I'm interested in this franchise. I am. I love this franchise. I've loved it since I was a kid. But here's the way in which I'm interested in it. And if you're not interested in it that way, then that's totally fine. And the good news was, they said, yeah, we're really interested in that way. And I remember this on Dawn, too. There would be moments where I came in for a pitch that was a certain version of the movie, and somewhere along the way, because they didn't know me or whatever it was, they'd say, why don't we do this? And I would just simply say, but that's not the movie that we talked about. That's not the movie I want to do. And I have to say that they always backed down when it came down to that. And it's kind of the way that I've always done it. And here's the thing. I'm always happy not to do something. I'm usually looking for the reason to say no. Oh, you got to like that <laughs> set of testicles. That's pretty solid. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. I don't know what his take on Batman is, but I, I can at least respect if he stands by it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what that. I've heard, I like I like what he said. He says noir. He said detective. Yeah. He said, uh, you know, uh, Hitchcockian. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we have some listener feedback. Uh, first up, we have a voicemail from J. Scott St. Clair, and I'm going to play that now. 
What's happening, DC on screen? Long-time listener, first-time caller, Jay Scott St. Clair here. First off, just want to tell you uh, how much I enjoy the podcast and look forward to it each week. You guys have a great format, and I appreciate all the time and energy that goes into the show. Okay, now that the flattery is out of the way, I'll pose a question. We all know that Batman has what is arguably the best rogues gallery out there. And what's so great about his villains is that each mirrors a facet of his personality. So, excluding the Joker, who's your favorite Batman villain and why? For me, it's tough to choose, but i got to go with Scarecrow. I just love the fact that he taps into the fear that Batman instills into his own uh, enemies and criminals. So, I'd be curious to hear what your thoughts are. Keep up the great work. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for the kind words. Yeah, thank uh, I'm you so much. Glad you look forward. Glad you look forward to the show each week. And by the way, Jay Scott St. Clair, he, he's a, uh, a a common uh, liker and, and engager on uh, social media. <laughs> so really, and I I appreciate everything, man. Uh, oh hell yeah! No, it's it's uh, it's enough to go to sleep some nights. What? It's it's enough to actually go to sleep some nights. That 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 sounds like uh, some exaggeration, but no, no, this brings me hope and joy. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> That's good, man. It's all I, I have. I just take Dave. melatonin. I just take my melatonin and go to sleep, man. <laughs> I just lie there hoping someone cares. Um. Now you asked uh, who our favorite non-Joker Batman villain is. Um. Personally, I'm going to say it depends on the origin. Like, I'll... Just as a default, I'll go with the the animated series origins. Uh, as, in my opinion, it's the best iteration of those characters. Sure. Um, given that, that criteria, I'd say probably Two-Face or Poison Ivy or Harley Quinn. And I can't choose between those three. Um, also really love the TAS version of the Riddler. Not so much the New Adventures Riddler, but we only still really saw him, like, the once. But... Yeah. Um, like the proper Riddler from the animated series was was one With of my favorites. And everything um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you say, Scarecrow? I figure you say Scarecrow. Yeah, I really gotta side with him. Like uh, outright. I, first of all, I, I completely agree with his, uh, his his point about the reason the Rogues Gallery is so good for Batman is um, Batman is such a human and relatable character and. A lot of his his uh, a lot of his villains just reflect some side of him that mm-hmm. you it, you can you can relate to him in so many ways. I mean, it yeah. uh, you, you can almost go through the list. Like uh, Penguin, he's he is a rich guy too. He could have gone that way. Like Rage, uh, or Raj, well, if you want to, but Rage Al Ghul, like, it, it he is though this um, he's this guy who is kind of a chosen one in a way. I mean, he, he grew up, mm. like, he could have been just the next in the Wayne Industries enterprise, you know. It, but he has yeah. this chosen chosen one aspect. Like Catwoman, he's got this this, this burglar side to him. Mad Hatter, he's got this... Uh, Mad, Hadler, uh, Mad Hatter um, and Hugo Strange in, in particular, I actually... He's got so much psychological training that I, I really respect the way they, um, in so many instances, like... It, it, portray batman as being a psychological warrior before he had to actually punch somebody sometimes mm. uh, it, he isn't necessarily punch first he is intimidation first and mind games first and yeah. <laughs> that being said like 
you go over to Riddler, and Riddler is all about mind games. And there's there's a part of like that in the world's greatest detective that's being tested constantly. And there's always the Joker who's just throws all of that out the window and and just says, "What if I just fucked with you?" And that's that's all gorgeous. But yeah, I gotta I gotta get with him. And he's right on point uh, to me personally. Like what what resonates for me? Um, yeah, Scarecrow. He's he's mm-hmm. the most untapped and my favorite villain of the Batman canon is is just ah th- this guy just represents fear incarnate not because he is himself fearful but because he is also obsessed with fear and so is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Like there was that moment where was he was he... afraid in his childhood and then that that has manifested itself in so many ways. See my favorite my favorite thing about the uh, and you know thinking about it here I'm I'm going to lean into Two-Face uh if we're doing the animated series versions because good version. really good version. Well, I mean, even even to the understated elements of Two Face. Yeah, we had the whole thing with Grace and his alternate personality. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite things about the animated series version of Two Face, which I don't think we've seen anywhere else really, um, no, the, is the, that like the judge I think is, is oh theirs. gosh, yeah. But um, but going back, like Two like Harvey and Bruce are like best friends. Yeah, and but I love that they both have this dark side of them that they hide from each other. Bruce being Batman and Harvey having big bad heart. Yeah. Um, it's one of the unexplored aspects of Gotham that I thought they were really going to be taking yeah. on, and there's so much more they, they can do. They haven't. Um, but they also have like they both choose public service. They both care about the city. Uh, they both care about justice. But uh, to uh, Harvey's darkness consumes him, and Bruce has to, and like Bruce has to just kind of. It consumes him as well. It, but it absolutely does. I mean, he, he goes out and he ha- breaks bones on a nightly basis. Oh, absolutely. But he also has to, like, pull back to not become Harvey. Yeah. Um, and especially when you consider... And he could. Like, Bruce I mean, has you, so much... you got to realize, like, Bruce, if he decided, would be Gotham's greatest enemy, you know? Yeah. But in, in taking... Uh, in holding back and not letting the darkness that is Batman completely consume him... Bruce exercises an extreme amount of control. Harvey has given up control and leaves everything to chance. Mm-hmm. I don't. I love the dichotomy of all. Oh, that's fantastic! All of that is yeah. gorgeous. Um, and I say, you know, probably throughout the series, the thing that I I hoped for the most was that they would have a you know some sort of uh, wrap up that showed that you know they. Bruce was finally able to cure Harvey in some capacity, but I, I, I don't I don't remember any anything like that aside from the judge. Yeah, no, it, it's, which didn't do that at all. No, <laughs> no, and, and uh, so and yeah, I guess I'll I say two. I kind of like it being that way. Uh, that mm-hmm. that it's so so different. And mm-hmm. again, there there's uh, you, you can pick certain characters like even Catwoman, who is apparently now very much not an enemy. Um, yeah. There's this maybe, syrup. or maybe she's more of an enemy. Yeah, yeah, they, they may be building that in, but uh, we'll see where the books take I don't it. Know. But uh, she's definitely like you, you could see them if they were friends in a heist, really getting off on the yeah. fact that they could get inside a bank vault and no one noticed. You know, like mm-hmm. there, there's something that you can use Batman to identify with any, almost any. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad villains in anybody's canon, but. The, the major guys, and this is why uh, his rogues gallery is so phenomenal, uh, 
really probably the best is you can use him to identify with anybody in his rogues gallery and that makes the story so much richer it's mm-hmm. fantastic yeah i hope that answers the question <laughs> also i just have to agree with him i i so much love the fact that uh scarecrow is is d- when done correctly he's uh like um is it over the edge remember that title correctly yeah, yeah. um just so much an, an agent of fear and um yeah it's fantastic yeah i i i, I yeah jay jay has it right on the head for me personally mm-hmm. all right so uh over on itunes joseph gordon left us a uh, review he says a unique dc podcast this podcast is one of the most unique and different dc related podcasts i've listened to dave and jason are two really funny guys who are passionate about all things DC while still remaining critical about what the company can do to improve itself. I like listening to differing opinions, and even though at times I don't agree with them, I'm always open to hearing different takes on the DC news. My favorite episodes were when they talked about the DC films that never got made, (laughs) which got (laughs) so many people say that, which got me both intrigued. Weird favorites. Yeah, which both got me really, uh, both got me, uh, sorry, got me both intrigued and and relieved at the same time. Overall, this is a really good podcast to listen to, and you won't regret listening to it. Thanks for your hard work on the podcast and delivering regular weekly content for us all. Uh, Dude, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. And I'm glad that, uh, glad you, uh, enjoy that, uh, those three episodes. (laughs) They, they were, uh... Yeah, they're, they're really they're fun, fun episodes, episodes to, to talk about, man. I, I like my they favorite are. part of it was like I I had almost no idea what you were talking about in a lot of yeah those. yeah it it, I, I, it was fun. I, one of the hardest laughs I've I've ever had in my life was you describing Adam West's version of a Batman movie. Uh-huh. Like I specifically would not let you see the show notes for that episode. Yeah. Like howling, crying <laughs> laughter. <laughs> it's, Yep. One of the hardest laughs I've I've had in my life. <sighs> yeah. <Good times. laughs> so anyway, uh, Charles McFall, epic boss Charles McFall of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Uh, the Rock God of Podcasting. Of which, uh, yeah, the Rock God of Podcasting. Self-proclaimed, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to give it to him until further notice. Yeah, yeah I don't I don't know. Um <laughs> I'm not even sure what that means. I don't either. That's that's kind of the, it's that's a good reason to just be like, yeah, man, go. Sounds impressive. We'll as play hell, back though. when you need to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it says you guys are still the prettiest and most beloved of the GSTU. Don't tell the other hosts. I'm pretty sure the other hosts know. Also, um, <laughs> can't possibly be true. I don't know, man. Every, you know, every time Charles does like a live feed or, or posts anything, like the other hosts are just like ragging him about how much he loves DC on screen and how we're like paying him for to, to agree with us. I, which I would never do that. We can't afford to. That much no. is public record. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I I uh... my thought is to what end? <laughs> I mean, how much can we afford to put in that bag? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I I, uh, I I I do love the guy and his enthusiasm. Is is uh, absolutely. It, I'm 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 grateful for for that minimally. It, yeah. I you know. I, uh... And of my many conversations with the guy, fantastic to talk to. He's he's um, you know those guys you run into that are just kind of hopeful for reasons that you can't completely justify. <laughs> I, About 
what? Kind of, kind just of anything everything. in general. Yeah, like it, in a way where like okay. I'm, I'm so cynical sometimes, and then I run into a guy like Charles. Sure. And I'm like, yeah, it just I want to, like I, I want to be on his level of just like do it, and it's gonna be, it's mm-hmm. gonna be fine. Just do it, and and it, it, I, I like on some level, like get it, but I, it, it's, it's uh, like I need people like him around to kind of, you know inspire me in a way to, to yeah like, i feel like i'm somewhere in between the two of you because <laughs> i will i will i will absolutely shit on an idea without uh without having any hope i i i will absolutely fail any optimist in in the general vicinity yeah and on my better days i'm like no jason you nope, you're not doing that no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> charles like on every day we'll just be like oh you're full of shit we gotta do yeah, this yeah all right very helpful person. I, um, I, I, uh, I respect that. I, I do love that. Yeah, Charles is a good guy. Charles is a good guy. Uh, and not because he just agrees with us all the time. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't. I don't know. I. It's it's become like a funny uh, back and forth between us and the rest of this damn network. You know? <laughs> just. The... <laughs> I've enjoyed it. I hope they have. Yeah, it's fun. All right, so you know what you're not going to enjoy? Oh, uh, what? This next comment. Uh, Yay! Even though, you know what? I love you, man. I love you, Nathan, at Wobbly Boot City 5, but I don't know. I don't know. This is... <laughs> uh, anyway, he says to us, How and where does Aquaman poop? Does he have a toilet? When he goes, does it immediately float to the surface? Do the fish eat it on his orders? What the hell, man? <laughs> I don't even know how to answer this. I would assume magic, Atlantean sorcery, just they have like a little magic portal around their ass. I don't no, know. No, I'm I'm gonna go well, uh, one past that, and I'll I'll keep it short because why go into this? And I'm not qualified to, but I do know this. <laughs> You're not qualified. I do know this part. <laughs> one of the major uh-huh. sources of intake for uh, some of the some of the more grandiose wells is plankton. Which is, it's such a small uh-huh. species that it, it's it's um, almost barely worth mentioning, but it's a huge part of the, the ecosystem. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you have to talk anybody into this stuff. It, like, it's it's just, it's a series of, of, of things that, it's part of the food chain. You, you just, it's almost like someone should put out, like, a waterproof book that says, you know, we all poop, something like that, but... That, it, it, that that's a fact of life. That, that there's there's always a, a kick down system, and it gets down to plank. It's actually one of the funny parts about um, uh, mercury does not really um, mercury doesn't go away. Is, is one of the the fucked up parts about mercury. So the more we get into the ecosystem, especially in the oceans, the more it it kicks down, and like we're eating it and such and such. And uh, plankton is is kind of the one one of the things that can still keep it around on on a just cellular level and, and it's it's kicking back up in the system because like this tiny little thing that's uh a, a product of so many other mid-form things i'll call them including poop uh that goes all the way down uh, and then these whales just open their mouth for like three miles and and just see what wonders in there um it all it all works and it's all circular and it all makes like this this cute little cycle of life and and then um, yeah. Bottom line is Aquaman's poop is okay. There you have it. Jason says Aquaman is pooping in a whale's mouth. 
Yeah, it takes a few kicks down, but yeah, that's roughly what's going to happen. <laughs> Randall Smith. <laughs> Randall Smith sends us an Everyone, email. by the way, feel free says, to write my... me on how I'm wrong on all that science. I, I'm perfectly yeah. willing to accept that immediately and then learn. Mm-hmm. He is. Um, Randall Smith emails us, says, My girl hating, in quotes, 11-year-old son shocked me last weekend when he told me that he liked Wonder Woman better than Spider-Man Homecoming, though he considers Homecoming his favorite Marvel film. Anyway, how do you think a Huntress movie would do if she is somehow introduced in the upcoming Batman slash family DCEU movies? Doesn't look like she's returning to CW, even though she was a highlight of the rest uh, of the first season of Arrow. Um, I don't have confirmation that she's not coming back to Arrow, but I will say that um, I would love to see her in a movie. I'd love to see her in a Birds of Prey movie, Gotham City Sirens yeah. movie, what have you. Um, my personal favorite Huntress version is the uh, Helena Bertinelli. Uh, sure. And I, you know, well, you say sure, like that's the only version, but it's not. No, I mean, uh, that's um, just <laughs> my favorite too, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we're anywhere near having the um, Helena Wayne version, uh, the Batwoman, Batman, Catwoman uh, daughter. No, but and uh, no need. No, no, no need. We have we don't, got don't to see it. that in the CW or WB. Kid, uh, well, not kids, WB. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know the WB Your back before it was the CW. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> we saw that in Birds of Prey. It's on my shelf. I mean, we've we've seen we've seen uh, Bat Cat Daughter, but um, yeah. I but that said, I don't I don't think they would do a solo Huntress movie. I think they're probably going to look at a more female centric movie a lot closer because of Wonder Woman. But um, I I think we'd probably see it in a Birds of Prey movie. Or uh, maybe even a Batgirl in the Birds of Prey movie, uh, which I think all of that will probably happen either in Gotham City Sirens or in a follow-up to the Batgirl movie, because they're trying to you know establish things. Yeah, that, there, there's a lot of ways to go with her, but I don't know if she's uh, what they need right now. Uh yeah, I wouldn't assume that she was. Maybe in an ensemble, but or a sequel in an to ensemble, an ensemble. She'd be a but... great. Uh, she could even be a major. You know, uh, story point where where she's going too far and and such and such. Like same thing they did in Arrow to some extent. Like the, they yeah. did a, a a pretty good version of the character in Arrow. She goes too far. Yeah. Even even you know Oliver that version of Oliver, which is particularly dark. Even even he tries mm-hmm. to pull her back a little bit. Like there's um they did a pretty good job with her, and I I kind of do wish they'd pull her back on uh, Arrow, but they yeah. they haven't really even mentioned it 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 hasn't um just hasn't been on the table for a long time yeah uh she would be good but she i I don't it's not the right time at least i think in in you know the overall picture for her to carry a movie at least no yeah i don't think she's she's there for carrying a movie i think she's there for a good b story Mm mm-hmm or maybe even a good uh a good audience window but that's about it like even then, she she's going to be, a... be kind of the kind of the sociopath in that group. Mm, even more, I mean, it just really depends. I mean, e- even in Sirens, it, she's going to be kind of the one that how to put it. Um, she's going to be the human in Sirens that you're going to immediately look at and go, "Oh, I would never go that far." Mm-hmm. Whereas, like at least anyway. you know, Poison Ivy or Harley Quinn, you, you they don't even register as human. Mm-hmm. 
or mm. Batgirl at least she she is, but she's kind of this uh, you know apex of humanity. But yeah, all right. Uh, so that's going to do it for our uh, DCEU episode. Now we are going to do a, a Spider-Man stinger. And who knows how long that'll last, because we're going to review and get super spoilery on Spider-Man Homecoming. We've had a ton of people ask for it, so we're definitely going to do it. And, and But um, if you don't want to hear about that, because this is a DC podcast, uh, we're going to put it after the credits, so you can just skip ahead to the DC TV episode if you want to do that, or just not listen to that at all. But um, we are DC On Screen. You can find every episode at DCOnScreen.com. Uh, we're on Twitter, DC on screen, Facebook, DC on screen, Instagram, DC on screen. It's a trend. It's a pattern. It's, it's almost like those words are. mean something. It's a trend. It's a pattern. It's who we are. <laughs> That's my bad shatter. <laughs> uh, you can call us if you want to leave a voicemail, just like J. Scott St. Clair did this episode. You can call us at 205-259-6331. I'll say it again so you don't have to rewind. 205-259-6331. Good to meet you, Jay, by the and, way. Uh, he's a good man. And uh, we'll, but we'll put guys, you guys on the show. On straight. That's, uh, you know, that's clear to me. He does. Uh, uh, I'll tell you this much, though. Uh, we put on the old Witter Woman, so uh, you have a pretty good shot of getting on uh, <laughs> if you leave us a voicemail. Uh, so If yeah. we've gone through that, uh, it's pretty much you have a 100% chance. Right. Anywho. Unless it's literally unusable. Yeah, like if it's like, you know, 10 minutes of, of uh, you know, hate speech or something. Yeah, yeah. It, you, no one will ever know. Yeah. Anyway. If you uh, fill up go like ahead. a bullhorn with cotton swabs and, and jello and left us a uh, message, yeah, that's probably just nonsense. Um, we can't use that. All right. Just trying to imagine anything that's completely unusable, and that, uh, that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you've got a pretty mm-hmm. great chance. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> yeah, anyway, we're going to go ahead and dip out of here, So, and then we'll be right back right after the credits. Still part of this episode to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, until next time, guys, keep some DC on your screen. Welcome into episode 414's After Credit Stinger, where we're going to be talking and getting super spoilery on uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. I know we know that this is a Marvel property, that's why it's in the Stinger, mm-hmm. and we're not doing an entire episode devoted to it. Um, so a whole bunch of people uh, asked us to do this, and I think it's just become like one of those things where we just have to do it now because like a lot of our listeners are just like, please do the Marvel thing after the credits again. Um, <laughs> I, I'm happy I'm with that. With I, <laughs> I am too. I like talking about this stuff. Yeah. Uh, I love superheroes, man. I'm not like I said. I love both of them. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're, um, we're not discriminating against of all people, Spider-Man. No. Love me some Spidey. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, as I said on on my own personal Twitter uh, at David C. Robertson, um, dude, Tom Holland did what Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield never could he played spider-man like this kid is spider-man like he is the comic book rendition of spider-man yeah. he's funny he's nerdy he is he's all the things i wanted out of a spider-man yeah no he's this a wonderfully insecure person who happens to also be a fucking superhero mm-hmm. it's got it, it it this is easily the best version that has ever hit any screen yeah um 
and you know, people who are, you know, mad about Aunt May being hot Marissa Tomei, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen people complain about that. I don't understand that. I, I, a different argument for another day. I don't I don't know. You know, I um I I Aunt May was always like my least favorite element of the Tobey Maguire movies. Uh she was just kind of there for the others, but um she was just always like giving these like grandiose speeches that kind of hinted that she knew that Spider-Man was Peter Parker, but yeah, this this uh movie did a wonderful job of nipping that all in the bud, you know? Mm. And you remember the uh the animated series and in the comics, she just she just hated Spider-Man. She just thought he was a piece of shit. Yeah, there was this Jameson <laughs> effect that affected a lot of the characters that were were involved in his universe. And and that seems way less realistic than what they've done here. Where um yeah. he, he doesn't really have his um, you know, his his social nemesis i guess quite yet mm-hmm. might end up being that flash dude yeah um that's definitely something to explore but he he definitely has um and it seems more realistic in a lot of ways like it, he's some kid who grows up with his aunt uh you know uncle ben's gone whatever um mm. it, he's it, that seems like a like a, a realistic relationship that him and uh marissa tomei have developed and the last scene where she walks in with the what the you know yes just fantastic cut to blitzkrieg bop which was amazing it it was an it was an amazing reference to the fact that the ramones did a a pretty amazing uh rendition of the old 60s spider-man theme uh to to great acclaim Mm -hmm. so i i enjoyed seeing the ramones there in the uh in the end credits yeah Uh, they were as I've said before, that I was digress. one of my favorite parts of the, uh, the score was <laughs> using the '60s credits or using the '60s theme to yeah. To like, I absolutely it. love that. I was I absolutely love that. It was thank fantastic. you, Michael Giatino. Yes, uh, but uh, yeah, I love this rendition of Peter Parker. I loved his version of Spider-Man. I, I loved Ned Leeds um, being his his best friend. That was new. But I think it worked, and that actor, I don't remember his name, but he was amazing. He did a great job, um, and they, they built the role well. Where Yeah. Uh, it, 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 even his role has its own character arc, where he's the guy in the chair, you know, at some point. Yeah. And they like they didn't leave anything open with him. He, he just, he is mm-hmm. this wonderful emotional foil for Peter. Like, especially him at the party, like, you feel terrible for him, you know, it, him, and yeah. he's in his hat, and the hat's going over well, but he's not, you know. I can't help if they're gonna, if they're gonna push that into him becoming a supervillain, because in the comics, Ned Leeds became the Hobgoblin. I don't, I don't think they have to, in this, in this case. They don't have to, I'm not saying, I never said they had to. No, absolutely just, not. I mean, I mean it, you know, but, <laughs> why not, you know? They could, they absolutely could, but, um... He he does build so well into what they're doing, and one of my favorite little moments was later when he um he actually has the I don't even want you to call it what were, did what were they calling it in the film the 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 web shooters you know uh huh um it he gets the like nice shot from Peter out in the parking lot it it's um, mm-hmm. it, it's a really great scene that character in particular has a a wonderful arc and he's hilarious he is he's great he was a wonderful addition to the film yeah and you know i would i would love to keep him around and watch these characters as they grow watch uh i would love to see norman osborne come in harry osborne 
Uh, I mean, the, you wanted to be like another guys, kid who got beat at the prep, like the, at the. Uh, oh, what's the name? What's the name of the competition they were at? I'm sorry. Oh, the um, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> the it's it's not like debate. I I was in this when no, I was it's in, not. I was in high school or junior high um, actually. Oh gosh. I don't remember what it's called now. Here's I'm the fucked up part too. is I was in that thing, and now I'm blanking on the name of the actual thing. So that's yeah. full circle. Trivia team, whatever. I'm sorry. Whatever, I'm yeah. sorry. We're, we're forgetting. <laughs> Completely forgetting that. You were in it, and I've seen so many Girl Meets World episodes where they were doing it. <laughs> but I don't remember. <laughs> oh. Um. Yeah. Oh, I was really Can't happy to see it. that actor though, uh, in charge of it. Um, what's his name? Uh, Martin Short. Hmm. What, I, I, oh, God, I, I'm forgetting so many things now. It, it's been a couple weeks. I haven't, I haven't really gotten to like, I haven't gotten to think about Spider-Man since about, I saw. You, are you talking about their coach? Yeah, their coach. Was it Martin? Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, Martin Starr. Martin yeah. Starr. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, I have never seen him and not absolutely enjoyed the shit out of myself. It's never happened. Well, yeah, and I've always, yeah, I enjoy seeing him. I, I know him from the Apatow stuff, you know, yeah, Freaks and Geeks absolutely. and Undeclared. But, um, I mean, I, I was pretty happy that he was like, in there. Party because Down, even of, popping up a community on, like, one episode. I was just so happy with him. Yeah, and his act, he he's a carryover from the Incredible Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just gone on to, to do this now, and that's, he's the same <laughs> character they said. So yeah, that's what they claimed. I don't know. I <laughs> it's entirely possible they like just just cast it, put it in, and went. Oh shit! It was no. That's that's intentional. We did that anyway. I uh, I actually just to make sure I looked it up just a second ago, and uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe wiki has them as being different names. But I literally just read an article where they were saying that it was the same character. So I don't know. I don't remember uh, <laughs> Amadeus Cho being a name in The Incredible Hulk, but whatever. That one's been um, a while. And let's face it, we all kind of consider that a tangential part of the universe. <laughs> a little bit. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I pretty much like, I don't necessarily, um, while I enjoyed Zendaya's character, I don't necessarily consider her to have been integral to the movie. Um MJ? Well, as she is apparently called, but they, you know, to be f- clear, uh, Kevin Feige did come out and say that she is not Mary Jane Watson and never will be Mary Jane Watson. They just thought it was a fun little joke, and apparently people freaked out too much. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little back and forth on that. Like, in the theater, I thought, oh, huh, okay. And uh, afterward, when everyone freaked out, I thought, eh, calm the hell down. But, um, yeah. same thing, you can't bring up, you know, you, you can't use MJ in a spider film and not expect no. people to freak out. Like, that's, no. that's either no, them, no, no, like, no. backpedaling or just really bad foresight. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. with I, the latter on that one. <laughs> you know, I understand that they don't want to, they didn't want to, like, really jump into Gwen Stacy. They didn't want to jump into Mary Jane. Uh, I want to see Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane. I want to see Gwen, like, one of my favorite, and, you know, I'm on record as liking Amazing Spider-Man 2 for the most part. Um, one of the things I loved about that is they killed Gwen Stacy in that movie. Spoilers if you care to go back and watch that movie. No, and but, used a very similar uh, effect. Right? It was um, mm-hmm. 
really well done, actually. One of my favorite scenes in all of the Spider-Man being on screen. Yeah. Uh, so I would love to see Gwen Stacy come in. I, I would love to see her, you know, uh, become a love of Peter's life and wind up getting uh, getting shellacked by the Green Goblin or by Spider-Man's web, whichever way you fall on that uh, side of the argument for the old school Spidey fans. Sure. Um because you know there are a lot of people say that like oh she wasn't dead yet he just when but when she fell and he like grabbed her with his when he grabbed her with his web the momentum snapped her neck so then he killed her and you know there's always that I mean they did have that snap on a monopia when he grabs her and her you see her neck snap I mean that's how the so, comic but, book plays out is that his, yeah, him trying but, to save her killed her well was she well they didn't they never completely said she may have been dead before she may have been dead before. Uh, it's possible. It, it's just that, like, when he know. blames himself, there's no reason for him not to. And it, at least that is an interesting story arc. Absolutely. So, anyway. Uh, loved Ned. Loved uh, Martin Starr. Um, I loved Michael Keaton so much in this movie. Oh, God. I, I feel like we could do 20 minutes of how he's amazing. Um, I, I really enjoy... I've never been a fan of The Vulture. Ever. Until now. Never cared. Um... Never, yeah, the vulture I, I mean, was zero percent of shits, and then he did the it, and, was, and sure enough, a hundred percent of shits. Yeah, always one of the most uh, most boring uh, <laughs> villains in the Spider-Man Rogues Gallery, to me. And um, shit, man, they Michael Keaton knocked it out of the park. He was great. I loved the uh, the idea of uh, them screwing him out of his contracts and him just sort of changing the game and, and oh, scavenging yeah. being a vulture and, and, and picking up all this and alien all tech. All of and, the, uh, they weaved Stark into this so well, mm-hmm. I thought. We're like, yeah. uh, uh, Tony and, I mean, come on, how long has it been now? Well, the better part of a decade. Um, yeah, nine years. Yeah. Uh, where RDJ... Has just been this this character we've been following, and this was one of the I I, I don't know um, most evocative things I, I I felt like he's done. It it was so much fun to watch him interact with this kid, and uh, him get to to like talk about his past a little bit, talk about his you know his relationship with his parents a little bit. Like it they did they did so much to kind of flesh out and keep the Iron Man character alive in this weird world where he's like lifting up cities and like literally like helping lift up a city at some point. Yeah. And and just to go back to this where it's just him mentoring some kid, you know? Uh mm-hmm. it was so much fun to watch him do that. And oh my god. Uh to think about him being on the same screen with Michael Keaton and them not actually being on screen with each other at any point feels criminal. Yeah. But it, it didn't hurt the movie at all. Like Michael Keaton was fucking fantastic. It, it, that scene where he, um, intimidates, you know, where, where he realizes who, uh, Peter really is and intimidates mm-hmm. him in the back seat is just pure gold. Yeah. Fantastic. Like, Tom Holland I, and him did, oh, man, they did a fantastic fucking job with that. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, to me, that's the weak point of the movie, though. Uh, not that scene in particular, but the fact that, the conceit that uh, the girl that Peter likes is the daughter of the Vulture. Uh, it's just, there's no real reason for it other than the plot needed it to be that way. Well, it, it 
they also didn't it it ended up being a nice turnaround like it, it ended up being a nice surprise there was no reason for it not to be that way they hadn't led you in a certain direction they hadn't uh they just oh, no <laughs> excuse me it just it just was what it was uh, they they never told you it was going to be anything different they didn't cheat you they didn't lead you in a certain way there was there was no foreshadowing it just turned out to be that way and it and it worked well it worked but it was also horrendously convenient it was, but only if you look at it, in my opinion, I, only if you look at it uh, in kind of the, uh, yeah, if we had ordered this uh, from a website and, and hoped for uh, hoped for the best, yeah, it, it would have been too convenient, but. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, it's a little bit like having Amazon Prime and thinking, oh shit, that thing's worth $7 and I don't have to pay shipping. Uh-huh. But it really didn't draw me out at all. Like watching it, it made sense. Yeah. And importantly, it didn't it didn't betray anything that had happened previous in the film. Right previously in the well, film. Well, it was it was just a huge coincidence and um It was it, a huge coincidence. It made the movie yeah, no doubt. It uh made the movie a little weaker for me. But they were so fun playing together. I didn't really mind that much. Like it's one of those things where like I was watching it and I was like grinning from ear to ear, but still going, That's gonna bother me later. It didn't even it didn't um, even weaken it for me. It really didn't. Like they the fun part was nothing relied on that as as some stupid take. And also they had this wonderful scene later where he has oh, he has this gorgeous scene where he uh uh, uh Peter and and God uh, I'm just gonna say the vulture. I can't remember his name right now. Um, Adrian Toomes. Thank you. Are um, are having this this wonderful conversation about? Hey, I, you know, I, I thought you'd probably do this. It, it, it's this pretty stereotypical conversation among superhero films about like, yeah, I thought you'd probably choose this route. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm kind of ready for you. And and yeah, sure enough, he's he's ready for him. And and uh, Spider Man spends a certain amount of time. Um, trapped under rubble. It was literally my only problem with the entire film was uh, Spider-Man trapped under the rubble. That was your. That was the biggest problem for you. That was the biggest problem for me. I could have done without the voiceover. What voiceover? Shit, I'm trying to remember now. Was there a voiceover? There may have been. I remember him talking, but I kind of feel like it had to be there for the scene, even no, if there was, was the, a voiceover. It was the Tony voiceover. If you don't deserve, if you need the suit, you don't deserve. Oh it no, kind of no, thing. no. No, no, that was good because that was the only thing we really had to mimic the scene. Like that that's from that that shot that scene is uh from Amazing Spider-Man 33. Oh. Uh, it was an old Steve Ditko thing and like with him trapped underneath the rubble and like the water coming down and he's hearing voices in his head from like uh Aunt May and and Uncle uh Ben and different people in his life and he like they helped strengthen him to push past it, but they hadn't really set that up with them in this movie. And really all they had was the fact that he, you know, didn't feel like he wasn't worthy because he didn't have the suit to help him. So with Tony coming in and doing the voiceover, I was good with that. All, all of that was really cool. And, um, I was really glad that they finally, cause that's an iconic scene in Spider-Man history. I was really glad they had that, uh, back or in a movie at some point. Um, when it was funny when he was, trying to save the fairy and he was like throwing the webs out and he starts to try to, he's like stretched. He's trying to pull, yeah. uh, Beth, Bethany leans over and goes, are they seriously doing this again? And like Tony flies in and I'm like, Nope. <laughs> 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 he ain't earned that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, that that that's a pretty iconic scene. So the voiceover was uh, heavily needed. If anything, I think you know uh, it made it maybe a little weaker that they didn't have all the uh, the backstory with May and Ben and and all. But uh, I felt like the Tony step in was was fine there. Um, and quite honestly, I don't need another Uncle Ben floating and saying, "With great power comes great responsibility." No, that's fine. And they alluded to the word, you know, responsibility <laughs> a few times and and power a few times, yeah. and that, that that's great. It and I like I I like how they kind of mentioned mm-hmm. the concepts a few times, but it did feel that was the one point in the entire movie where I kind of uh, where where he was laying there and they just they. Uh, it was the one point, really, where I, I kind of thought, yeah, you could have just shown that, not told. Like, I could have done without that voiceover. I was good with it. And, you know, also, he, like, looks down, and he sees the, the image of himself with, like, the Spider-Man mask is laying there, and he sees, like, half of it, and then yeah, the, his own reflection of the other half. That would have been perfect that was for me. Great. If they just done the reflection of, of him with, like, him having that moment internally, and then not doing mm-hmm. the voiceover. Because the voiceover actually drew me out in, in some fourth wall kind of... Uh, aspect. If they just done nah, the was good with him it. seeing himself that way <laughs> in the water, I would have been perfectly happy with it. it that was yeah. seriously in the entire film. That's that's my gripe. That's all I've got. Like yeah. that's it. It was fucking fantastic. I, have, I enjoyed myself. I don't have that. I just really have the convenience of of uh, of Tombs being uh, Liz's dad. Um, now I'm fine with that. I'm good. Well, that and Liz not being all that, you know. Because, let's face it, she wasn't all that. I, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> she just didn't seem like all that to me. I don't know. She just... She didn't seem that cool. I, <laughs> that amazing. You know? I, I don't, I I don't, don't know, know the context for that. I, I mean, she was uh, one of the, the cool enough characters that she... Uh, she, she was the classic kind of slightly above it all um, high school yeah. cool kind of character, you know? Yeah, which is probably why I don't think she's all that. <laughs> They didn't. They just. I didn't feel like they. They really uh, sketched her out enough to justify. But you know, Peter's like fifteen. Mm-hmm. Fifteen-year-olds, you know, unabashedly love people they've never even met. Whatever. I don't consider it a real problem. It is our nature. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, love, but loved, loved the vulture. Loved. Uh, you know what? That 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 actress though. She did a fantastic job when she's leaving, and because they're moving out of state. She did. She really did a fantastic job of being sad that she was leaving, slash annoyed with Peter for not telling her the truth about things. Yeah, yeah. She was solid. I, I, yeah, she was. The actress was solid. The, I just didn't care about the character as much as I should have. I did. I did still care. I because uh, if nothing else, um, she drove Peter to make certain decisions, mm-hmm. and and did it did it well. Yeah. Um, so I read a lot of stuff, like people kept saying, uh, I kept seeing headlines floating about saying that, um, Flash Thompson wasn't going to be a bully. He was totally a dick. He was totally a bully in this movie. He just didn't beat the crap out of Peter. He was, he was just dick. an asshole to him. Yeah. Like, he was a total bully. Yeah. <laughs> he just didn't punch him or anything. <laughs> I, it, like, don't expect Flash to be a bully in this version of Spider-Man. No, he was a complete dick. They could not have drawn him as a worst character. He, he is, at some point, a self-aggrandizing coward. We're like, grab mm-hmm. my trophy, and then grab me to get out of the elevator, even though there are still people mm-hmm. down here that yep. probably need to be saved. Yep. I mean, he's, you know, he's a piece of shit. 
that's that's how the movie drew out. And even you know, past that, it, they they took great joy in ruining his vehicle later in the movie. Yes, he was he was uh, he, he's supposed to be a piece of shit in this movie. If 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 that's not clear, I, you just missed it. That's that's mm-hmm. that's the reality of it. Um, I dude, I loved that they had damage control in this movie. Oh, that was cool. Um, I love that he named his AI Karen. I loved everything with that AI. Oh, I loved the, that was so uh, good. Him, him being trapped. Lethal mode or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. I, oh, man. And like, lethal mode actually looked like a uh, one of the Alex Ross designs that uh, he did years and years and years ago. Um, actually, one of my favorite lines in the movie, uh, sadly, being someone with uh, ADHD problems myself, was... Um, him, him kind of saying later like okay all right we've gone through a lot um how long have we been here it's like 26 minutes oh <laughs> god damn it <laughs> that was great <laughs> and i knew i knew where the punchline was i knew where the joke was coming i knew it was going to be like <laughs> i knew it was going to turn out to be like no time at all that he's been there <laughs> um yeah that was a lot of fun yeah though still but i enjoyed the I hell still out of related the fuck out of that line yeah. Um, so I did not like the movie as much as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I will say that. Uh, I agree. I, it, Guardians. Uh, it, Guardians actively made me cry at a few points. I, it. Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm going to say better or worse, but I I did enjoy it more. Yeah. I enjoy the experience of watching it more. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I think I in certain ways I enjoyed it more than Wonder Woman, but only in certain ways. It was just a completely different beast. Yeah, they um, all are. And you know the fun part is they're all um, we're, we're ten years into this genre, mm-hmm. and they're starting to get their their you know their their legs under them uh, pretty thoroughly. We're getting to the point yeah. where you can really enjoy something for what it is, and really en- enjoy it for reasons that you might not even like another movie. Mm-hmm. That's an exciting point. Just as as uh, you know, a viewer as part of the audience, we're, this is an exciting time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I loved when Tombs like ele- like just 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 completely destroys uh, the Shocker, and he goes, "Oh, I thought that was the gravity gun." <laughs> <laughs> like bullshit, man. <laughs> I like that over the shoulder. Uh-huh. You know that one's supposed to kill him. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was wonderful. God, yeah. Michael Keaton. That, that guy's just borderline flawless. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, the listener we talked about earlier, J. Scott St. Clair, wrote us and said, "Looking forward to your Spider-Man review. Well, hope you've enjoyed it so far. No. Yeah. Uh, who are your top picks for the Avenger and villain to be featured in the sequel? Well, I don't think he needs us an Avenger in the sequel. Um." Especially since they, Kevin Feige has said that Spider-Man is going to be the like premier superhero in the Marvel Universe, bringing us back into uh, solo movies post the Infinity War. So my guess is a lot of Avengers are going to be dead. Yep. <laughs> did you see? Did you see the thing at D twenty three? Like Ruffalo said, you didn't see that. They someone asked. Uh, Something about Infinity War, and Mark Ruffalo just goes, well, everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, wait. And like, 
<laughs> like, uh, what is that guy's name? Um, I can never remember his name. The guy that plays Rhodey. What is his name? Oh, Lord, if you hadn't asked me. Anyway, he uh, he was like, dude, you can't do that. And he was like, can we just rewind that just a little bit? Uh, <laughs> which, you know, I, I think that was all put on, honestly. Mm. <laughs> um, I don't think everyone's going to die, but, ah, you know, I think Peter has a good chance of being the, the next Tony Stark in the fa- in the franchise. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're, they're like, have taken over. The franchise is going to survive. And a lot of the characters will too, um, but uh, I did get to see like a couple seconds of that just before everything was torn down. And um, this is going to be a, a very big movie. Uh huh. There, um, Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I watched all a guy, of the uh, sons of of or the children of Thanos. I mean, like this this is going to be a movie that yeah. There, there's ten years at this point worth of stakes involved yeah and there was a guy like describing the footage he saw at d23 that i watched and uh we're talking about like dr strange like creating platforms for star Wars to run across and all sorts of crap that he was saying that i was just like what the hell and he was like there were so many images i couldn't even like i couldn't even like i i i I couldn't even like register them because it was all going by so quick yeah um but yeah just uh man even that alone, uh, uh, think about where we are now. And, uh, I mean, we cover so much DC stuff. But think about where we are in, in Marvel as well. Um, we're at a point where, are we talking about Doctor Strange creating a platform over which <clears throat> Star-Lord <laughs> will jump? And that's on screen? And they're yeah. spending, they're, they're probably spending somewhere like, I don't know, two two hundred fifty million minimum. Yeah, just on this movie. I can't believe we're in this era. Yeah. this is fucking fantastic. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about Infinity War and all of that stuff. I'm just, I'm down. I'm down, man. Uh, I'm sure that you can find people who are willing to describe what's going on, what they saw in the footage. We'll probably see it uh, more. More reports yeah. coming from uh, San Diego Comic Con, I would imagine. I, I, I think but, we're probably um, going to get like a, at least a teaser out of SDCC. Yeah, <clears throat> but um, anyway, uh, uh, as for villain the, to be in the sequel for the Spider for Spider Man, um, I, I don't know about Avenger. Uh, it'd probably be kind of fun to see Ant Man show up with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, <laughs> not that he needs one necessarily, but I would love to see. Uh, I really want to see Norman Osborn. I really want to see Harry Osborn. I want to, and you know what? I kind of want Harry Osborn to become faster friends with, with Peter, kind of push Ned out a little bit. And, uh, maybe Ned becomes the hobgoblin because Harry became green goblin. You know, I don't. <laughs> Not bad at all. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like maybe that's what it takes to be your friend. Maybe you have to become a villain to get your attention, Peter. Um, I don't know. I could see any of that happening. It'd be fun. I'd, uh, you know, kind of like to see Mysterio. Kinda. Sure. <laughs> Might be fun for exactly one movie. <laughs> um, you know, there's not a huge, a huge uh, amount of. You know what I'd really like to see? I'd like to see the Kingpin from Daredevil be Spider-Man's villain for a movie. Oh, that'd be amazing. Because he fought Kingpin all the time though, in the cartoons. Never and in the happen. books, really. Why? Eh. I mean, yeah, you don't know. that would make a lot of sense for Spider-Man, but uh, 
Netflix and and the Marvel properties are, have not tread upon each other too many too many times. So yeah, yeah, it's just probably not going to happen. Maybe not, but you know, there's nothing to say that it won't really. Honestly, I mean, I mean, yeah, there's nothing not we, lying we, at. We've but, had, uh, yeah, we we've had Nick Fury and Shield. We've had you know Lady Sif and Shield. Um, Sitwell was in Shield and Captain uh, America: Winter Soldier. Uh, and I'm about halfway through uh, season four of Agents of Shield, and they're using the same freaking bullets to try to assassinate uh, Patriot that they used on Luke Cage and Luke Cage. Why not? Uh, mostly, D'Onofrio is too big. <laughs> That's... D'Onofrio said he wants to do it. <laughs> he... D'Onofrio actively said he wants to be in a Spider-Man movie. As I know. It's just still. <laughs> what do you mean D'Onofrio is too big? He's too he's too big not too big to be on a Netflix series, but he's too big to be in a Spider Man movie? Nah. <laughs> I would love it. I would really love it. I'm not saying it will ha- I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just saying I really want it to happen. Um They've really gotta to commit to it though. And I would love it if they did though. I mean, seriously, uh do Spider Man Homecoming, as we've seen. And then another one where they kind of address several villains, and then another one where it, like it all culminates in uh, D'Onofrio and mm-hmm. uh, early twenty twenty one. Oh my god, I would love that fucking movie. I I would yeah. be willing to bet on that right now. Yeah, and of course I want to see Gwen Stacy. I want to see Mary Jane. I want to see Change on Jameson. I I want to see all these people. Absolutely. So you know, uh, but yeah, enjoyed the hell out of the film. Thought it was a lot of fun. And, uh, I don't know. You got anything else? No, really loved it. It it still cracks me up as, um, I have never felt more crowded in a film on its opening night than I did that, mm-hmm. that, that night. It was pretty full when we went to go see it last Wednesday. I mean, I, I literally uh, just had to hunker down between two people. Mm-hmm. I loved the, the, the coach, the gym coach that was just like, pretty sure this guy's a war criminal now, but whatever. <laughs> Mandatory that we show it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cap. I, I, I gotta admit, though, the, it may be the funniest thing they've ever done in the Stingers was the, the patience dialogue. Mm. Yeah, only like one person laughed in the theater. That was left. They were just like, one guy was like, ah But I had that experience at least a couple times. Like, I, I, I did that with, uh, like, I laughed out loud and somebody else did. And for all I know, they were the same person. I don't fucking know. Uh, that and the, uh, the, you know, the Spider-Man, like the 60s Spider-Man tribute, I, I'll call mm-hmm. it, with the, the strings. Like, there are a couple moments where I, I, I kind of thought, oh, yeah. That's fantastic, and uh, there a couple hundred people in the theater, and I still was kind of left alone mm-hmm. on those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't know what to do. I I still enjoyed it. Yeah. There were a couple of shots that where it was just really clear that he was CGI. That Spider Man was CGI. That <laughs> took me out a little bit. But yeah, it wasn't Cyborg bad. <laughs> We'll be okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's going to wrap it up, um, I think. I can't think of anything else to really say about the movie. I I enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the shit out of the thing, and it it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, so we're going to be coming right back with a DC TV news episode, and it's probably going to be a pretty short one, so uh, keep some DC on your screen. 
if we go to page 11 in the presentation, you'll see that... <laughs> you'll see we're on target to meet our quarterly... <clears throat> Some things never change. Like nobody can resist <laughs> popping plastic bubbles. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. As I was saying, we're on target to meet... Excuse me, um, Miss... Miss Hansen. Sorry, almost done. <laughs> 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.